Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255. history is made today. What's that, Frank bought breakfast? Today is the last <laughs> day we have one in our 50s, 40s, and 60s. Oh. Wow. Oh. Well, yeah. last show for Frank. You're going to be 50, Paul? No, you're going to be 60, Frank. All right. All right. This week. This Wednesday. I don't yeah. know. I might have to get a younger crew in here with me, you know? I don't know. You're getting up there, too. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, don't I'm looking look. at your hair and my hair. You've got as many whites as I do. And you're, don't, what, 15 years younger? Don't don't tell my girlfriend I'm getting older. Uh, oh, I think she knows. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we have to tell her. <laughs> uh, well, let's get the elephant in the room out right away. And yes, people, Frank finally bought breakfast Not today. finally. Stop it. But if I could say one thing. Can I have a warm coffee next time, Frank? Sure. Got here at 8 o'clock. Get here early. Got here at 8 o'clock. And I think he gave me a double shot because I'm so fidgety right now. Yeah, maybe just go for the ice cap next time. Yeah. (laughs) I think so. (laughs) So, so, you know, here's the the takeaway from this, Frank. If you're going to get breakfast, make it right, please. Sure. Sorry Once in a blue moon, he makes, he he does something right, but he screws it up. Uh, What time did you get here? 7 o'clock? Yeah, Yeah. I think so. A little after 10. Well, you know what? I mean, now that he's going to be 60, he'll be having dinner at three, so. Yeah. And he'll be walking. Why? Is that what time you have dinner at? (laughs) (laughs) And and he'll be walking to the coffee shop in diapers. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're the pens when you're old. (laughs) All right. How was the week, Mr. Rushforth? I guarantee you, without even asking, I can tell you it's probably exactly like the week before. Absolutely, it is. Now, yeah. first of all, I was in Vegas all week, so at a conference learning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> learning I, yeah, learning he, how to gamble. He no. said one day was over at one o'clock. I mean, now that that's is a lie. One day was 10 hours. 10 hours of learning. I, I was fried by the end of it. But what was it about? It was about real estate, of no, course. No, 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 but what? What it, it was actually the follow-up boss conference. It's a contact management system. So it was great speakers. My coach was speaking there, Tom Ferry. Um, it was just a good lineup of good speakers and lots of information, lots of knowledge. I had Jamie with me, one of my agents, and Jocelyn came with me as well. So State's in the toilet right now, eh? Yeah. Yeah, their interest rates, I think they said it was 7.5, yeah. which is, I mean, that's... And that's here's, what, 4 or 5% more than it was years, a year ago? And that's over 30 years. So it's not like here where at least... The good and the bad here, listen, if you got a mortgage two years ago and you had a 30-year at 3%, that's awesome. But the bad is now it's going to really halt the real estate market there because people can't afford to buy at 7%. And then you're in it for 30 years, yeah. or the penalty to get out of it is quite expensive. So I think that's the difference between yeah. here and there. Well, that is a huge downfall. Like They don't have five-year mortgages, four-year mortgages. They have... 30 year mortgages. That's their amortization. So if you're stuck but in you a, know what? Before we go too crazy with that, they get to write off the interest. They do, but it's still, you got to be able to afford that interest, right? If you had a 30 year mortgage at seven and a half percent, some of these places are average sale prices, 1.6 million. Do the math on that. Yeah. Like it's, it's not, uh, I mean, we're very lucky here. And that's why when I was talking to people, they're like, how are you promoting? It's a good time to buy. I'm like, well, it is a good time to buy because I believe interest rates are kind of come down, you know, and when the interest rates come down, you would have bought for cheaper than what you would have bought six months ago, eight months ago. So it's, it's a great time to buy. There's a lot more inventory hitting the market. We're going to get way more inventory hitting the market when we, when, you know, Jan, Feb and March comes. Um, yes, if you can stomach the interest rate, just don't take a five-year fix, whatever you do. But if you can stomach those interest rates for, you know, like I said, six, eight, 12, 12 months, um, you're in, you're going to be in good shape. Very good shape. I know that there's talk that prime's going to go up again. When do you think rates are going to start coming down, Frank? When the economy really starts to feel it. So I think we, we've started to see some of the pains that go with the high interest rates. 
But the labor market is still extremely strong. And until we start to see the labor market pull back, I think that's when we're really going to see the interest rate stop. Now, I do think that Tiff Macklem is going to have a really tough decision starting in 2023 uh, because he he's acknowledged the fact that a recession is forthcoming. He just doesn't know to what extent that recession is going to be. We've seen the bond market soften. This week alone, one day it went down a quarter of a percentage point, which is rare that it goes down that much in one day. But I, but it'll be interesting to see what the inflation numbers are on Wednesday. The inflation numbers are released on Wednesday because that's going to tell us what he's going to end up doing on December 7th. Um, they were down a bit in the States this week, right? Just a bit, but not enough to make a big difference. Now, uh, you know, if you look at when inflation really started in both Canada and U.S., it started in March of last year. So... And they're doing a year over year. So, you know, I think that we've got another three months potentially of a little bit of pain with potential interest rate hikes. But once March hits, then all of a sudden year over year, we'll see that the inflation numbers will calm down. And hopefully, hopefully the economy won't get hit that hard. But some people hope it does get hit a little harder because they want the interest rates to come down because they've got a mortgage that's coming up next spring and summer. And those are the people that are crossing their fingers, hoping rates come down. They had some good news in the States this week. Their their uh, inflation numbers came down a little bit, so their interest rates actually came down a little bit, which is yeah, but just, which, just, just not, a little not bit. Not a lot. That's why we saw the quarter percent yeah. drop here. I think here, the bond markets here are hoping the same type of numbers come out in Canada. Now, we were at 6.9 in October. Uh, realistically, for him not to raise prime by half a percentage point, we probably got to be closer to 6, 5 point, the high fives, low sixes. But if, but if the inflation number goes from 6.9 to 6.7, he might have to raise prime rate another half percent on December 7th. I thought we were looking at more like a quarter. quarter, I thought so too, but again, that's on the expectation that the inflation number comes down. But if the inflation number doesn't come down enough, then I'm afraid he he might hit us with a half point again, which is why he didn't do the three quarters, I think, in – in November, because I or on October, the end of October, because I think he was just setting himself up to potentially have the option to do another half point in December. As we head to recession, uh, it's I mean, a recession obviously is horrible, but it's not horrible for the housing market. We've seen our last five recessions here; our housing market did not go down at all. When you look in the states, they've had more recessions than we have. I mean, back in two thousand eight and two thousand nine, when our market was still quite strong, the states when they went through that horrible time um in their last 11 recessions only twice has the housing market gone down so it's we're in the last recession was self-inflicted in the states yes it was it absolutely was so it's you know if you're if you're worried about the housing market crashing as we head to this recession don't panic the housing market's not going anywhere if anything it might even be a good thing for the housing market because that's going to force rates down and as the rates come down we're going to get more people buying Uh, i mentioned before we have millennials sitting on the on the sidelines with lots of bucks ready to buy um, they just can't get in the market right now because it's too expensive. So once the rights come down and they're ready to get into the market, we're going to have a, a huge inventory shortage. Uh, it's even more than what we've been talking about over the last couple of years. The inventory is going to be super, super low with, with all these millennials looking to scoop up properties. Until- hey, Steve, Steve, most will tell you, most economists will tell you that this recession is going to be self-inflicted as well. Really? Because of what? Government spending. Government spending, inflation. is <laughs> government causing yeah. the inflation numbers to be where they are. It's self-inflicted. Now, yeah. the government will never take responsibility for it because they don't take responsibility for anything that goes wrong. But at the end of the day, their spending habits over the last three years since COVID started, I mean, they were bad before. They got even worse as COVID because they had an excuse to spend. That's what's creating a lot of the inflation numbers that we're seeing. It's not Russia, Ukraine. It's not oil prices because we've had the fluctuations in oil prices before and we haven't had inflation at 7 or 8%. It's totally government spending and that's – so it is self-inflicted. It's just that 
they're not admitting that it's self-inflicted because they'll never admit that they did anything wrong. Well, they did what they thought was helping Canadians yeah. when in actuality is hurting more Canadians than, than it helped. <laughs> they're, they're not admitting it. They won't even admit who stayed in the $6,000 a night hotel room <laughs> in London. <laughs> they can't I, even answer that. I heard you were there, Paul. Yeah, but mine was only four thousand. No, yeah. no, no. When Paul saw that, he went, "How do you get a room so cheap?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was that a motel? <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. You, Frank's absolutely right. It's government spending is out of control. It's causing. It is self inflicted. It's causing this recession. It's and it's, it has nothing to do with the, like Ukraine and and Russia. And that it. Well, I mean, it has something to do with it, obviously. But government spending is what's causing this this world to go or this country to go wacko right now. In the world, yeah. And by the way, we're not the only country that's going yeah. through this. The world is going through this. And the world governments love to blame. They like to pinpoint an item that may have helped it a little yeah, bit. Something that was out of their control. Out of their control, yeah. and they use that as their reason. But the truth is, you look at the American budget, same thing. They've overspent, printed money like there's no tomorrow. The only thing that's helping them is that their dollars continue to stay strong. But you look at other countries across the world, including China. China is going through a recession, and it's going to be extremely damaging for them as well. So Now, I may be jumping the gun on this, but when rates do begin to come down, Will that be a slow process as opposed to the way they went up? Probably. I think so, unless we have some kind of a, you know, we're already starting to hear wear masks again and, you know, we've got a couple. Unless we have another pandemic, uh, then I think it is going to be a slow drop. It's not Now, we'll have some months where the drops might be a little more significant, but we're not going to see what we saw in March of 2020 where prime rate came down 1.5% in a matter of four weeks. We're going to see quarter points. Yeah, we're going to see the quarter point decreases, I think. So... What I think is going to happen, I still believe that in 2023, you'll be able to get a five-year fixed mortgage for a better rate than a five-year variable, which will tempt a lot of clients to take a five-year fixed, but they might regret that move in the long run because in the long run, prime will come down and so will fixed rates continue to come down. And if you go into a variable, at least you have the option to then convert it, where if you take a five-year fixed, you're locked in it for that five-year period. I'm not the mortgage guy on this show, but I think unless you're looking at something in the low threes, I wouldn't be taking a five-year fixed at all, unless it has a three and a low three in it, is my opinion. Because I think I think over time, variable is going to come down a lot faster than fixed, in my opinion, but I'm not well, the mortgage but that's guy. that's 2024. I, th- yeah. I, I, I think we're waiting probably the latter part of 2023 and into 2024 to yeah. really see some significant decreases. I honestly think that un- unless we have a three or four month period where inflation stays between two and 3%, prime rate isn't coming down. So best case scenarios, I would say the second half of next year before we see any decreases in prime, unless we have some kind of casualty or, or something happens, you know, the economy, the labor market starts to fall dramatically, unless we see any of those factors. Uh, but if ev- ca- calling everything the way it is today, Prime rate won't come down until the latter part of next year. So you're thinking variable will be more expensive than a five-year for about a year? For about a year is my my opinion. So what's a one-year fix now? That's the problem. We're in inverted bond markets, so taking a one-year isn't the right answer either. The only difference between a one-year and a variable, I say, is the one-year you're getting a rate and it's set for that one year. We're on a variable, you've got potential fluctuation with prime going up a little bit more. No, no one could have predicted what happened in January, February, March, and April this year. Nobody could have predicted that. One thing that I can predict right now, I can tell you that that is going to happen again. So you have to time it properly as the rates start to come down and inventory starts to pick up in our spring market. Get in soon because you might be too late. And we will never know because it's so fluid and happens so quick. I could be sitting here on a Saturday and I could say the market's this. The next Saturday it might be like, you should have bought. It's too late. How much room is there for home prices to come down even more before that? It's hard to tell. You know, I feel like we're, we're, we're getting near the bottom of that, if not the bottom, but... 
it's just, I, I feel like over the last probably 10, 12 days, uh, I guess it's the way our team is over the last 10, 12 days. I feel like the market is probably acting the same way. We've been very busy the last 10 or 12 days. Our sales are doing very well. Our listings are doing very well. So homes um, are selling. Homes are selling. And I think, you know, we're getting less multiple offers, of course, but uh, we're, I, I have some good confidence over the last 10 to 12 days that the market had is starting to shift a little bit, a little bit. Um, whereas before that, I was kind of like, the market's dead. The market's yeah. absolutely dead, but it's, I, I have some confidence right now that we're starting to see a little bit of a turnaround. So, you know, with the way the interest rates are, people are like, oh no, don't buy now, don't buy now. I'm doing the opposite. I'm saying I would be buying now. Like I'd be buying sooner than later because you do have a lot of inventory and a lot of choice out there right now. And make your best deal now. Make your best deal now. Absolutely. Because you, we could be sitting here in January and I could be saying, you're too late. Yeah. You're too late. You should have bought in November, December. So by then Frank will be really old. Well, Frank, you know, Frank will probably You'll be sitting on the beach somewhere. 521-TALK, <laughs> We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back to the show. All right, Mr. Rushforth, how soon before somebody wants to list their home should they be calling an agent? Uh, right now, absolutely right now, especially with the No, way- but how soon? Like if I want to list, say three months from now, should I be talking to you today? Yeah, because a lot of what we do, a lot of our marketing plan starts before we actually hit the market. So the more leeway we have, the better it is. I mean, if we could make sure we get it out to everyone in our database, we make sure the, the, the word's out that your home is about to hit the market. It could be one month, two months, or three months. We could also give you some idea on what to do to get the house ready for sale. Uh, a lot of people make mistakes and try to upgrade their house and not put the money in the wrong spot and upgrade the wrong things. So get us through the door, especially right now we can get their exterior pictures before the snow flies and we know the snow is coming very soon. So, so even if you're not going to list for three months, you might as well get some shots now. Would you rather people see your backyard for what it is with the grass or would you rather see people just see a patch of snow? So I would get, get us in the door sooner than later. We, uh, you know, we don't have to hit the market right away, but if you're thinking of listing in December, January, February, even March and April, cause the grass is still pretty crappy, um, I'd get us in sooner than later. Uh, and that way we can give you some ideas on what to do to spruce up the house, inexpensive ways to make money. And, and, um, it's just, it's imperative that you get us in early. If you call us, you know, and say, I want to get on the market, you know, next week, yeah, sure, that's not a problem, but we've lost a lot of marketing ideas, a lot of marketing yeah. time on market. So, um, guess, and the grass is still green. I can't remember the yeah, grass being green in mid-November. Like it's, this. It is, and you know what? There's some gardens that are still looking pretty decent right now. But you know, you're going to want to cut back all the dead stuff and, and make sure the gardens look good, spruce up the outside, um, because you know when 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 the when the house shows nice on the outside. And of course, I got Greg, my photographer here and videographer, and he makes it look unbelievable. The one thing Greg does do too, actually, I remember when I was selling my Navin house years ago. And yes, I put the furniture away and I had to bring it back out. I broke my own rules, but you know, I had an in-ground spa in the backyard and I had a nice big pool and everything was closed and Greg made it look open. He had, you know, had made, made the water look blue, made my spa with steam coming off it. He had my fire pit burning wood and stuff like that. So we could do some really neat things. Uh, he made boxes disappear in my office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. What I he know. hasn't done yet, he hasn't figured out is how to make you look thinner on video. Oh, so he hasn't figured that one wow. out yet. Oh, wow. <laughs> 
Jeez. Or the Greg, hair. is there no Photoshop for video? Yeah. <laughs> the hair looks pretty silver there, Paul, on video. As it's my, the lighting. As it's my lighting. hairdresser says, it's platinum blonde. Yeah, yeah, you go with that. Hairdresser. Just before, I give, just before I give her her tip, she tells me how beautiful my <laughs> platinum blonde hair is. <laughs> yes, it is a, it's, it's getting a little grayer, I must admit. In fact, I had to redo my business cards because I realized I was a typical agent. I had long High hair and picture? not a stitch of gray. <laughs> High school picture in your business card? No, I wasn't that bad. I wasn't that bad. There no, are some bad ones. There's a lot of agents that... I'll, I'll I'll get introduced to an agent and I'm like, what's your name? So and so. I'm like, oh, you don't look anything like your business card. Well, how much is the coloring for the hair, Frank? I don't know. <laughs> I don't color my hair. Yeah, no actually, idea. Frank, you don't have a lot of gray for uh, sixty exactly. years old. Yeah, not bad, eh? Yeah, yeah. Steve's but, been gray ever since he started the show. Yeah, I was, I was twenty. I was gray. So well, happen to make gray. you sound good, Frank. will make anyone go gray. No <laughs> <laughs> so was it? It's Tuesday or Wednesday this week? Wednesday. Your birthday, Wednesday, big six zero. Wednesday, we're. Wow. Uh, Oh boy, it's a busy week, but we're taking our top agents out for dinner on uh, on Tuesday night. So my last night in my fifties, I'm spending it with my See, second this is, family. This is how few is friends awesome. Frank's got. Yeah, I've he's got to yeah. take them out for his birthday. Yeah. <laughs> so Frank, Frank, define your top agents. Is it your top ten, your top five, your top what? Well, so uh, generally we do our top twenty because we're about eighty. So our top quarter percent, and uh, this year will be twenty six because because of COVID, we haven't had our top twenty dinner the last two years. And there's six of our agents that made top 20 over the last two years that didn't get to dinner. So how has the year well. been now? The like, like say the last six months compared to a year ago. So the last six months feels like 2019 again, which is a standard traditional regular year for us. The numbers are very similar to what they were in 2019. So, but it's interesting how you just adjust. I mean, we were so busy over the last two years that you're hearing some of our top agents like Derek Artichuk, who's always, always busy saying, Oh my God, like I'm, I'm not busy, but yet his numbers are similar to what they were in 2019. But because of what we've gone through in 2020, 2021, feels like we're not busy, even though we're really back to normal. You can't be doing much refinancing. We are actually, uh, the reason for that is, um, well, what we have to do is we have to have some tough conversations with clients. Um, You have to get, if you're in a, you know, if you have three years left at 1.89%, it does not make any sense to break that mortgage in, in any condition. So, you know, either if your institu- your financial institution offers a home equity line of credit, that's the route to go to do uh, a refi to get some extra money, uh, tap into your equity, or you have to do either an alternate mortgage or a private mortgage. Now, they're much more expensive, but at the end of the day, you still need to maintain the 1.89, and it's hard to show clients sometimes the savings, even though, because they're only focused on, oh my God, I got to pay 9% for a private mortgage. But that's only on fifty thousand. You have a four hundred thousand dollar mortgage of one point eight nine. It doesn't make sense to break that. Leave that the way it is. You're talking about people that need so the money right now. Yeah, the extra money, whether it's paying off credit cards. People are hurting. We're starting to talk to a lot of people that are really hurting. That two years ago didn't have any credit card debt or any outside loans, and all of a sudden they've got thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars worth of outside loans. And with the cost of everything else going up, it's really starting to impact their day to day life. So. Um, and they've built up a lot of equity over the last two years based on what house prices have done. So but it's expensive them, to tap into it, right? It is expensive to tap into it, but it's less expensive than what you're paying for your current debt. And But again, I mean, you're, you know, they, they get caught up in the fact that they have 1.89. On, why can't they get that again? Or why can't, Because you can't. It's not available right now. So you're blessed that you have that 1.89. And, you know, we try to present the positive, very similar to Paul does, right? He talks about, well, year to year. Our house prices are actually up. They're not down. Yeah, the last six months they're down. 
And we need to get clients to focus on the fact that they've done well with the equity in their home. And yes, it's going to cost more to borrow, but you're already paying more interest right now. So I wish I can get you back in at 1.89, but we can't. But here's what we here's the options we have for now. And let's see if rates do come down. If a recession does and rates come down, then we can we can come up with a different strategy a year from now. See, it's right. not surprising that house prices have come down a bit. But I'd say we would be in trouble if house prices came down as quickly as they went up. Oh, that'll never happen I yeah. don't, ever. I mean, we went up so fast, so quick. And they're coming down, but just just picture it like a mountain. You know, we were at the top of the mountain, and now we're just at the crest of the top of that mountain. So we've only come down a little bit. Uh, but I can tell you one thing, in mortgage industry, real estate industry, probably a lot of industries, in 2023, you better sharpen your skills. And it's the agent's mortgage or real estate, the agents that really sharpen their skills and, and work on their their craft that are going to be ahead. And I think we're going to see some agents leave the business, some mortgage brokers leave the business. It's going to be a, a challenging year, but it's a year to sharpen your skills and get better and, and become the, the master at your craft. And you better find the best people you can right now. If you're looking for a mortgage, you better find somebody you can trust. Yep. If you're looking to buy or sell a house, you better find somebody you can trust. Take your time, interview as many people yep. as you want, because you want to go with the best of the best right now. Well, and there's and some that, research that, too, though, because yeah. I'm telling you, there, there are banks that are calling their clients and telling them their mortgage is up in June, your rate could be significantly higher in June, yet that same bank's economist is saying that we're going into a recession and expect fixed rates to come down. So you're getting mixed messages. Now, why is the bank doing that? Because the bank is thinking about the profits. Yeah. and they What are really people's are. mortgages that are coming up in June? What would they be at about? Probably 3%. So all of a sudden, so what the bank change? is saying, why don't you early renew now, just in case rates go up? So what, what that means is that they get out of the 3% mortgage now for the next six months. So they lose out on that 3% for the next six months. And now they they tap them into a higher rate. At, and they're close and to 6%. They're yeah. close to 6%, most of the banks on a five-year fix. So you're going from 3 to 6% without any... When when that same bank's economist is actually telling us that rates will probably be lower in June, so why do it, Frank? You're this is off to th- wait. this is where you're going to see the um, you know how honest a mortgage broker is or a banker is. Like if they're if they're touting getting you in a five year fixed right now, they're not doing a good job. They're making more money for themselves. They're not doing a good job. I will say that we're doing some five year fix, but it's because that's what the client wants. Yes. Listen, at the end of the day, you present. Here's what you present. Here's what now. We a year ago, you. You, me, none of us thought the prime rate would go up 3% this year. No. Nobody thought. None of us yeah. thought Tiff Macklin didn't either because he told us that Canadians had nothing to worry about until 2023. So, so, And he's the governor of the Bank of Canada. So if he didn't know, he should have seen inflation coming. I mean, that's where he made a mistake. He, he had statistics in front of him that showed that inflation was going to be a problem 2022. He just didn't act on it quick enough. So how could we be expected to really know. All we can go by is the statistics that are out there, the data that comes out. Are there circumstances like Russia and Ukraine that put a little put a COVID into it? COVID. But at the end of the day, COVID. But at the end of the day, the way the economy is right now, the way the economy is heading, feels like recession. And recession means bond markets have started to come down, soften up a little bit, which means that fixed rates are trending towards coming down. Yep. Five two one talk five two one eight two five five. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. 
Welcome back with Paul Rushforth and the aging Frank Napolitano. <laughs> like a fine wine. Baby. Yeah, like a fine <laughs> wine. All right. Yeah. All right. So now, you can, as of today, you can still put money in your RSPs, right? To take out for a first time home buyer to put down as a deposit on a home or yes. down payment well, on a home. But what let happens? Let me clarify if, with the RSP. It's not only first time because I get that all the time. It's like, what if I've gone through a separation? Well, then guess what? You get to tap into your RSP again. Over how long? You have to wait a certain period of time. No, so two two ways that you can get in if if you're uh, if you've already used the RSP program. Um, the one thing though is that it has to be paid back. So you know the way when you take money out of an RSP, you got fifteen years in equal installments. So as long as it's paid back, if you either go through a separation or a divorce, you can now tap into the RSP again. <laughs> or if you've gone five years without owning a home, if you've gone five five calendar years without owning a home. You can again take money out of an RSP for, uh, but all this is going to payment. All this is going to be gone when they bring in the tax-free well, first-time savings account. They're not going to have both programs. I think they're going to have both. Are it's, they? I feel like they're going to have both again. They're very vague because they introduced it. I think they introduced it as part of their election platform. Well, they said, and, yeah, where you can put away up to forty thousand dollars. I think it's eight thousand a year. But, listen, I, but I, it hasn't I, started yet, and it, it, we don't know yet. when in 2023 that's going to start. Well, we think it's going to be in January, and we think we'll get more details over the next three or four weeks. So so I think, you know, look, but it, it'd probably be a pretty basic savings plan, home savings plan. We used to have them back in the 80s. There was a home savings plan back then, too, where you put money in a in a home plan, and then you can take it out, and the interest you got on it was tax-free, which is similar to what we're doing here. So This, this is, is like a TFSA for, yeah, it's, for it's, a home buyer. You know what? It's it Really, it's a TFSA at the end of the day. It's just that. You know, on the TFSA, you're um, um, you're putting money again in a savings. This one will be specific to a home. So the TFSA, you can take it out for anything. The home one is meant to be only to be taken out when you're actually buying a home. Is this a good deal for first-time home buyers? Well, I think everything's a good deal for first-time home buyers because they got their backs against the wall right now. Well, except for the deal where you're sharing your house with a government. Well, so, so that's yeah. the one we'd like to see them amend. We don't Listen, even hear about that, though. I haven't heard about that. No, because it's eons. an awful plan. Yeah, it's terrible. It's just an awful plan. That's why. We, you know, it was just there. But do you, do, you know anyone who, do you know anyone who's taken advantage of it? I don't. Uh, I know half a dozen people that have taken it. And out of that half dozen, three of them have already refinanced their home and paid it off so that they don't have to share the equity anymore. Because once you pay it off, you don't have to share the But you're doing all the, the work, anymore. right? You're doing all the are. maintenance, you're paying all the taxes, and then yeah. they get to share in the profit. That's the part that, that home buyers don't want a part of. Like, that's the it part was... that we say, this is what's happening. If you finish the basement, you're adding $50,000 to the value of your home. Government it gets to share you 50, it. costs you $50,000. They get 10% of that if, yeah. if, if, if uh, you know, you got the yeah, 10%. It's just a it was, you know what? It was a great program. Until we heard you had the to ownership. share the ownership, that yeah. part, yeah. and that's you know, good on the government, smart move, but at the same time, it, it well, can, not so smart. Nobody's using it. Well, no. that's true. That's true. So, it's, I mean, I don't know anyone that's worked with our team that is that has used that program. And if they did, I would have told them not you to. Know, and the government will tell you if house values go down, then we're taking a hit too. No, you're not because you're not giving them back the money. You're just not getting any of the profit. Yeah. So they still lose. The same thing as I heard this commercial on the sports betting. You know, I'll give you a guaranteed win. For one hundred forty nine dollars, and if you don't make money, you'll get the next two months free. Well, if I lost money, why would I take your advice yeah. for the next two months? It doesn't make any sense. So, yeah. Um, uh, again, at the end of the day, you know the programs for first time home buyers they need to be accelerated only because their backs are against the wall right now with interest rates being where they are and the house values have gone up as much as they have over the last two years. It's extremely difficult for them to get in. So I think that first-time home buyer incentive program needs to be updated, get rid of the home uh, ownership. And they even have some restrictions based on what the house values are today. 
you know, a lot of people don't qualify based on that part too. So they need to loosen that up a little bit. But do the, does the government even want people buying homes in these times? Well, it, it not seems now. Like, it seems like not they now. don't. They're okay with the break based on what's happened the last two years, but I think that attitude will change probably in the spring. If builders stop building homes, well, now you're taking even more labor away. You're taking more jobs away. You're taking, you're hurting the economy, the, you know, all the, all the wood, uh, everything that goes with it, it, it all multiplies. So I think that they're okay with it now based on what we've seen in real estate and builders over the last two years. I think they'll start to feel the impact and add to that the fact that immigration you know, now they've upped it. I mean, it's four or 500,000 people coming in. You have to build homes. These people need to live somewhere. Mm. What's scary for me, everybody in our business, we talk about the homes. I say, wait a second. We can barely make ends meet right now with our healthcare system, with the people we have. If we're adding 500,000 more people, is our healthcare going to get even worse than it is now? It's hard to phantom that that could happen, but that's possible. So, you know, I don't think they think everything through. That's why the first-time home buyer incentive program doesn't work because no. they didn't think it through. They didn't think about the negatives. They just, you know, hey, elect us. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to put yeah. up this great. We're program. doing something. We're gonna yeah. as a first-time home buyer, you're going to have a very small window to get into this market as you, as the rates come down. <clears throat> we're already starting to see uh, a, a trickle effect of first-time home buyers coming back into the market. Rates and when the rates start going down, they got to get in quick because the the, the uh, the value of the homes are going to start to skyrocket. So it's going to, it's going to be a small window for those first time home buyers to get in. So would you recommend somebody as a first time home buyer with not a whole lot of money to get into the market as soon as they can get whatever they can, whether it's a condo, whatever, and then maybe two, three years from now, be able to flip that into something a little bit better. Is it more important to get in the market yeah. sooner than it is to wait? Get in the market sooner than later because we will. What we saw at the start of 2022, I think, is going to be child's play compared to what we might see if the um, if the rates start open. to come down, if the floodgates open. I mean, I know lots of first-time home buyers. I, I know lots of millennials that are just sitting and waiting. And as soon as the, the, that market starts to shift again, you might be too late. Get in as, as soon as you can. Like I said, stomach the rates for about 12 months and then you're going to be in the driver's seat. This is where it's important to talk to a good agent to time this out. It is. It is. And and you know what? This is where we earn our money. You know, like, in, you know how many times we did not get a listing in the start of 2022 because the, the consumer thought, oh, anyone can sell a home. Yeah. So I'll just go with the cheapest person possible. And now we're earning our money. Like this is where the, the best of the best, you have to use the best of the best. I don't care what industry you're in, but real estate and mortgages for sure right now, is a, it's, it's a tough time. Are you getting any first-time homebuyers knocking on your door now, Frank? We are. Um, again, they're testing the market. They're just trying to figure out whether they can qualify or not and what their payments are. And most of them are uh, disappointed, let's just say, because with amortization still restricted to 25 years, if, uh, you know, if you're putting less than 20% down, which most first-time homebuyers are. Yeah, 20% so, is a big nut these days. Yeah, it's yeah. a big nut. You know, an average home, 600. So you're 120 grand. There's not a lot of you know, first-time home buyers that are sitting on 120 grand. An average home is 700. So 140 grand. Yeah. And then you put in closing costs, land transfer tax, even though you get the $4,000 land transfer tax rebate. The government, the provincial government has never amended the land transfer tax. Like the land transfer tax was put, was put in place when the average home was $75,000. And it's the same land transfer tax that people are paying. And now that average homes are 700000 Like they need to amend that too. And I can't believe nobody's putting pressure on them. To do that. Well, in Toronto, you have a double tax, right? Yes. You have two land transfer yes, taxes. Which so is, it's, 
horrible. So I don't know how horrible. people get into the uh, Toronto market with double land transfer tax, average sale price one point two million. Um, you know, it, I don't know how they're getting into the market. Some of these people they're paying thirty thousand dollars in land transfer, thirty thirty five thousand dollars in land transfer tax in Toronto. It, it, it's absurd. And you can only get an insured mortgage up to how much? Only a million dollars. So again, that's got to be revisited, especially. So so one of the articles that I saw this week was based out of Toronto. And it was a real estate agent and a mortgage broker having an article, and they're talking about the fact that if you're a young Canadian and you aspire home ownership, leave Toronto and Vancouver now because you're not going to be able to buy a home in Toronto, Vancouver. You might as well start move somewhere else and start your career somewhere else where you have a chance to buy a home. Because if you stay in Toronto, Vancouver, the likelihood of you owning a home is very slim. Yeah, Frank, this is one of the reasons our prices went up so quick was because we had so many Toronto buyers coming here. And, you know, for them to go $150,000, $200,000 over asking price to buy that town home for seven fifty, that was a steal for them. I mean, that, that same home in Toronto was $1.2 million. So for that, and that's why we saw a lot of Toronto buyers coming here, outbidding people by fifty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars, driving up the price of all the townhomes and all the homes in general. But most, I mean, we saw a lot of Toronto people coming here for investment purposes too. They're buying those townhomes for investment purposes, where we were not buying townhomes for investment purposes because you're upside down. The Toronto people, they didn't care. They were getting them for a song for, yeah, for a deal. Are we seeing a slowdown there now? We're going to see a little bit of a slowdown, but it's still super expensive in Toronto, and it's it's only going to get worse. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are still working from home. Why not come to Ottawa, pick up a home for a fraction of the cost, and, and work from home here from Ottawa? And yeah. that's, what we, that's what we're seeing. We've probably never worked with so many Toronto buyers than we have in 2022. I almost feel like I don't know the number, but I'm going to say – a lot. 15% maybe yeah. we're, we're actually coming from Toronto directly because of the prices here in Ottawa. Yeah. This is so. where though, I mean, so, so not only are the first time home buyers on the sidelines, we've got the investors that are on the sidelines yes. as well right now, because you can't make a house cash flow. Like you can't, not even a condo that you might be able to pick up for 400,000. It still can't cash flow unless you're putting a 50% down payment. So until rates come down. Rates need to come down because the rents haven't matched what the rate increases have been, what the mortgage payments have been. So, you know, and again, you've got some landlords that I talked to that still have, you know, renters in their townhome. And luckily they picked up that townhome for $300,000 five years ago and their mortgage is like at 185000 So they're lucky, but they got... Their townhomes rented at fourteen hundred bucks a month, which is a thousand dollars below market value. And good luck with those people leaving. Like, why would they ever leave? They're subject to two percent increase every year. Five years from now, their rent will be sixteen hundred dollars at most. And I why two, would they leave? I have two tenants that I'm begging to leave. Like, and I they want them. To leave. Why would I mean, they leave? I mean, they're 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 getting rent for a song. I mean, even though it's covering my mortgage by like by a lot, but they're still it's super super cheap. I could be getting one of the townhomes that I own. I could be getting eight hundred dollars a month more. If they left, so I would be okay with them leaving. But you're right, Frank's right. You have oh, I never I, get tired. I, of I don't like that, the eh? ring of that. Frank's right. Oh, you, not you only, said it three times today. So <laughs> not only have we on. lost uh, two huge segments, we've lost first-time homebuyers and investors. Yeah. Two big, big segments that are out of the market right now. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. It's a good idea for a video. Just uh, I'm, t- I'm talking to Greg on the sidelines yeah, here, but we're on the air. <laughs> Shut up. Five two one talk. Five two one eight two five five. We'll be right back. <laughs> We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back to the show. Paul, are you running into people that you tell them they need to renovate this or that and they just say, I don't have the money? 
Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, because right, like Frank said earlier, it's it's so hard to refinance to get that money nowadays, or it's it's actually probably stupid to get that money sometimes. So we're seeing we're seeing people that we're just pricing accordingly, which is pretty much what we've done over you know over time. Yeah. You know, if your house needs the renovation, first of all, get us in the door before you do the renovation, because I'm seeing so many people make mistakes and still. Huh? Oh yeah, they renovate things thinking it's going to bring a big return, and the general rule of thumb, depending on what the upgrade is, but most upgrades are only get you only get about thirty cents on the dollar. So get us in the door. Don't go spend you know, $20,000 on something that you're going to get a return of $1,000, you know? So what's the best return? Clean paint and loose carpeting? So the, the, the biggest thing. Second you get, kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the biggest thing you get returns on, returns on are simple little things. Decluttering, uh, cleanliness, which, which is huge. Cause if you walk into a dirty house, no one wants it. Light fixtures. That's an easy one. If you go in, you still have those old builder dome lights, get rid of them. You can get lights at Home, De- Home Depot for, for dirt cheap. So I would do things like that. And a lot of times it's paint, but keep in mind, someone's coming in your house and painting regardless, but touch up is very, very important. Like, yeah, but you, you don't, don't want colors everywhere. You want something very neutral. Very neutral. So if you are painting- Pastels are big, right? Pastels, yes. <laughs> so if you are painting your house in order to sell because you have those big, bold colors, which I would recommend- a very neutral, uh, off gray type of, type of tone is what you want. Um, but I would, uh, I wouldn't, I'd get us in the door first. Cause like I said, we're, we're seeing so many people make so many mistakes when it comes to uh, their properties. What's the best way to get short money, Frank, for something like that? Well, Frank will lend you the money. Well, again, depending on your circumstances, I mean, a home equity line of credit makes the most sense. Uh, but you may have to do a personal line of credit. Again, if your plan is to sell your property and you'll be able to pay it off at that point, yeah, you just do a personal line of credit or. You know, if you have money in the savings account, but if you had to borrow it, wouldn't do a credit card unless you get one of those credit cards where they give you 0.99% for a year kind of thing. So, Do those things still exist? Yeah, they do, actually. I still get offers all the time. I get them in the mail and transfer your balance. And Is that why you have trade. 17 credit cards? Uh, that's why I have three credit cards. Okay. So, but, uh, Two your wife know about, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I need one by myself because the way she spends. Oh, you know, yeah. you know, we got oh, that fifty-fifty right. marriage. She goes, Obviously, you make it, she doesn't it. listen. Yes, yes. So, Frankie, so. this is uh, this is your last segment in the in your fifties, but make it work. Make it make it count. It is, and uh, I want to talk about uh, an event that I'm putting together that Paul graciously is uh, sponsoring as well. <laughs> but no, Paul, Paul is not graciously sponsoring. Paul is told he's sponsoring. Well, it. yeah, because I'm told I sponsor your golf tournament. I don't have sure. a choice. So. I know. I get it. So, I get no, it. But uh, no, I'm putting a poker tournament together on December 7th at Villa Marconi. You'll see it on our website this coming week, uh, all, all the information, all of the money, every single penny that's raised in this tournament players' fees, uh, sponsorships. All the money is uh, going to two amazing charities, Ottawa Food Bank, which is struggling right now because they have more people going to Food Bank than ever before. So Ottawa Food Bank we're giving and Villa Marconi, uh, which is a uh, retirement home for Italians that, again, could use the money as well because we all know what what the retirement homes have gone through over the last two years. Are so, you still looking for sponsors? Uh, I'm still looking for sponsors. So table sponsors are like to play the poker tournament is a hundred bucks. Uh, sponsor sponsoring a table, a regular table, seven fifty. I've got four feature tables, which are fifteen hundred dollars, and those are the tables that always the last thirty two players and, and and as you whittle it down, they'll be at those tables. Let me guess, I'm sponsoring one of those tables. Yes, you are a feature <laughs> table sponsor. Just I, like I'm a I feature it. whole sponsor <laughs> yeah. when I go to your and, tournament. And, and so. check, checks are still made out to Frank Napolitano? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay, no. You no, have every to put single his penny, name on the table? <laughs> honestly, you know, people said, Frank, it's, it's not illegal to play poker. It's illegal to rake on poker. There is no raking in our tournament. Our tournament, 
We're hoping to raise anywhere between thirty to fifty thousand dollars on this tournament, with the money being split evenly between wow. Bill Marconi and Auto Food Bank. And again, even if we have thirty, Food Bank will tell you at fifteen thousand bucks, they can multiply it by five, and they'll get seventy-five thousand dollars worth of food. So that's a lot of money. So we're really excited to be do. I'm really excited to be putting it together. Uh, so that's on December seventh at Villa Marconi, and just go on our website this week, and you'll see all the uh, all the information on it. There's so. still room for players. Still room for players because I haven't really, uh, apart from the f- players that played last time I held it was in uh, January or February of 2020, right before COVID. So those players uh, are all getting an email on Monday morning, uh, and all, every single one of them has been reaching out to me for the last year. When are you doing it? When are you doing it? So. Uh, now that I see what the food bank is going through, I figured I'd do it right before Christmas because they can use the money. So, And the sponsors get a spot in the tournament? Sponsors get a spot, so you'll potentially get to meet and maybe even play against Paul Rushforth. And uh, I might put in a special prize for the person that knocks Paul out of the <laughs> tournament, actually. Am I allowed to win? Uh, you're allowed to you're win. Okay. I, l- unlikely, but... And uh, prize money would be... So, Well, there's no prize money, again. No, but if um, you go all the way. Yeah, so what happens is the final eight... Uh, that make it. There are uh, sponsors have uh, with the sponsor money. We take it and, and we turn it into gifts. Some others, like you know, we're we're corporate season ticket holders to send, so we'll have some sense season t- uh, tickets or sorry game tickets. Uh, but there's three thousand dollar travel voucher, seventy five inch uh, TV, sixty five inch TV. There's a number of uh, other nice items for the final eight. So if you make the final table, but you know, like I was telling Paul, when it comes to poker. Number one, people who play poker are very competitive. Not necessarily about the prize. It's about bragging at the fact that you won a poker tournament. That That's number one for most. And raising money for great charities, which people are very happy with as Wouldn't well. Wouldn't that be something if you wanted oh, to have to listen yeah. to oh, this? Oh, you'd be listening to it all. <laughs> oh, After I Lord. bought breakfast, you'd be listening to that. Like I said, I'm putting a prize out for who knocks Paul out. I'm hoping I have Steve. I want Steve. I'd like you uh, for you to be there too because it would be a lot of fun, I think, so. So, so just before uh, we get to Frank's vowels for all his birthdays, uh, next week you have a special. Uh, we have a special, not guest, but we have special. It's people ladies. In, it's, it's ladies. It's ladies' day in the studio. We have yeah. Dora and Barb Bar- Kramer's yeah. making a return to the radio. So and me and, and Steve. And Steve. <laughs> Steve. So, so Steve's going to wear, I think, a dress next week. And uh, well, why change now? Yeah, why change, why change now? now? <laughs> just uh, wear panties this time. Uh, before we get to Frank and stuff, uh, we do have a, a little, a very, very. Apparently, your team doesn't take a lot of time to make messages. But we do have a little message from your team, Frank. Oh. Happy 60th birthday, Frank! Oh, oh that's awesome. That. that is awesome. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, thank you. I am. They gave you the time it deserved. Wow, <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. But uh, I've got other birthdays. I have a whole bunch of my friends and staff members. Uh, Diane Lower, underwriting manager, celebrating her birthday tomorrow. Paula White, Derek Artichuk, significant others, got her birthday on Monday, along with my good friend Otto Bernardi on Monday. Uh, Scotty Hunter, one of our top agents, celebrating his birthday. Leo Myrino, who is two days younger than me. He celebrates his 60th on Friday as well. So happy birthday to Leo. And then my good friend Joe Ranieri from Villa Marconi celebrating his birthday this week as well. So well, I got a birthday. birthday to all of them. Frankie Napolitano. Frankie Napolitano. So Wednesday, turn 60. Make sure you yeah. wish him happy birthday if you can see the message. What is 60? <laughs> what do you get for somebody? 60 is the new 50. 60 is the new 50. Is it? It is. New 40. I'm 49 for the 11th time is what I'm talking about. Our producer, Stephen, right now is not happy with us. We were supposed to be out a long time ago. Have a great birthday, Frank. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you, and continue to support local businesses and charities.